welcome to this episode of the Pocket Money Podcast, the series where we chat to parents all about kids and their money. I'm Dr. Elizabeth Kilby, and in this episode, I'll be chatting to single mum of two, Becky, about the B word that brings joy to all parents, budgeting. Today, I'm joined by Becky, and we're going to talk about the topic of budgeting, which, let's face it, probably isn't going to excite uh, many young people. It's, it's not their it's not their topic of choice, but actually, it's super important because it's something that we as adults kind of deal with every day. And I think most parents would recognise it's a really important skill that they want their children to have. So I'm joined by Becky. And Becky, can you kind of introduce us to your family? What's your setup at home? Sure, yes. Um, I'm a single parent of two children, um, Annabelle, who's 12, and Stanley, who's eight. Um, I'm very, very busy. I work full time. And it's always a challenge trying to think about all of the things that need to happen in order for the day to proceed. So whether that's remembering lost PE kits or homework um, or getting onto my first video call, it's always a lot to do. Absolutely. And and we've all got our hands really full at the moment with everything that's going on. So, I mean, thinking about this idea of budgeting, which is such a sort of it's such an everyday concept that, that, you know, parents, we're, we're really familiar with. How much do you think your children at their ages really grasp the idea of budgeting? Both of my children are very different. I give my son Stanley a small amount of pocket money. And I don't give my daughter any specifically because she tends to ask for it when she needs it. With my son, he can't save. He's not very good at budgeting because he can't visualise. He's probably impatient, so he can't wait to save up Mm. something he really wants. So often his immediate need for money will be something he wants there and then, such as a new skin on Roblox. And I try to... Yeah, yeah. So um, he does have a pound a week pocket money. I know there's no point giving him any more than that because his behaviour will be no different whether he has a five or a pound. And I know that if there's something specific that he wants, he'll come to me and say, Mummy, how many jobs do I need to do to earn enough um, to get this skin? It's only available today. I need to buy it. Mm. He's very good with the concept of money as in his maths is fantastic and he'll know let's say he's got £1.49 in his little account he'll say mummy what can Mm. I do to earn the £1.51 that I need for the rest so my daughter is a little she's definitely more restrained she can save up her birthday money if she needs to for instance she wanted a, a laptop this year so we went through several birthdays and Christmas to get there If she tends to need money for other things, it's usually if she wants to go into town to Costa with her friends. Mm. So that's a bit more challenging at the moment, I know. Um, But it always makes me laugh because, you know, I I can't imagine at her age popping to town for a Costa. Um, And I actually found out. I know. (laughs) And I actually found out that they'd been going in there and just drinking water on the days that I didn't give her money she said to me mummy I don't like the man who runs Costa he keeps giving me dirty looks and I said well why she said well I think it's because we didn't buy a drink I said well it is because you didn't buy a drink you're supposed to purchase a drink to go in there she said but well he doesn't tell us to leave I love it (laughs) so yeah she's found a little way around it (laughs) 
I love that. You see, I love that about the, the kids these days. They're so um, kind of ingenious. I mean, I, I was I really like this kind of different systems that you've got going on with your children because at some level it reflects their different sort of needs and ages. And it sounds a bit like to me that Stanley's on a kind of commission-based model. He's got his kind of base rate of pay and then he can kind of earn top up or commission as he needs. And then he's kind of negotiating with you about what tasks he's going to do. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I was just wondering, and what he, I was interested in what he wants to spend his money on, because it sounds like it's quite different to Annabelle, and I suspect that kind of reflects their different ages, but Stanley's much more, he he wants the intangible stuff that you get electronically, and I, I think parents are really going to relate to this, you know, he wants the stuff that you buy online, in-app purchases, that kind of stuff. He does, he, um, and, and I do notice they are a bit sneaky, because in some of those apps, they do say, this is only available today, so for him, that's mm. a really pressing need. And it puts a bit of pressure on me as a parent as well, because I've set up this system where I want him to earn money from doing jobs. I know there's no way he'll do those jobs until he sees something he wants. But actually, if I say you can't have that today, then by the next day, he might not be interested and there might not be something that he wants. So I know he won't do the jobs. So I think those companies have definitely thought of a good way to... um, pressurize parents into handing over the money it's a good trick isn't it and this and this goes to the heart of what I think budgeting is about because budgeting is this idea that you've got a finite amount whatever that may be and what do you need or want to use that on and it's something to do with delaying gratification learning to wait for things but also kind of spreading it out and the problem with this system where there's something he only wants today suddenly he's now what if he wants something next week or the day after? It's really difficult to plan when there's sort of there's no consistency. You haven't got a plan to plan from, and that's and that's and that's one of the most difficult things I think to try and get across to children of this age. Definitely, and it's interesting how it invokes emotion within me as well because mm. as a child I didn't have access to money in the same way. Um, I got my pocket money once a week, and there wasn't really opportunity to earn more for my parents. Um, and I used to get a pound a week from my nan for walking her dog as well so I know that this is the only way to get him to understand that money has value and you need to earn it but I've still got to do it in a way that he wants to do it and sometimes it makes me feel a little bit angry and sometimes it makes me feel like I'm not doing the right thing potentially by letting him have instant gratification that day by getting the money from the job yeah so, Becky, I think that when I was younger, the sorts of things that I was saving up for were kind of sort of big things, things that you wouldn't have very often. Whereas I think for young people today, it's different. There's, there's, there's fewer, there's many more smaller things that they want and fewer kind of big items that they're saving up for. Now, I mean, would you agree with that? Does, does that seem to be the case for your children? I would say so. And um, I think Christmases and birthdays are a little different as well. So that turned to mine, certainly. So that means the bigger things tend to be the things we pop on the birthday or Christmas list. And because it's not just me, it's their dad as well, they've got more opportunity to ask for those things, I suppose, um, as well as grandparents. So they don't really always have to think about those bigger purchases, do they? And and sometimes I use it as an excuse as well when they're in the supermarket and they want something, because that does still happen. I can say, yeah. let's put it on the birthday list, let's put it on the list for Santa. <laughs> 
Um, although these days Fantastic. I tend to wish list. I, I'm so glad you said that, you know, the ubiquitous Amazon wish list, because I think that's the biggest difference between perhaps our generation and children now is, is the amount of stuff they can buy online. I mean, you know, I didn't get my first mobile phone until I was 22. I mean, you know, when I explain this to my children now, they look horrified. They can't they can't, I can't quite tell whether they're shocked or that's kind of abject sympathy for me. But, you know, it, it certainly wasn't the case that you were buying stuff online or, or if you wanted something, you're going to have to go to the shops. You were going to have to go out to the high street, get your mum to take you, get on a bus. So what, you know, what do your children make of this kind of online purchasing? Is it something that they embrace? Do they get online? Do they buy stuff? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they don't buy stuff themselves. Um, I don't let them do that. I'd rather keep a control over it. Um, but they understand mm-hmm there are options to create wish lists for my daughter for her it's clothes so funny you mentioned this um because i've been starting to think about christmas for her and i gave her some websites she could look at on my laptop and i asked her to put a shopping basket together of some of the things she'd like for christmas clothes wise so um yeah they they do that online because it's harder to get to the shops (laughs) yes do you know that that's that's so interesting because I, I've got some really good stats here. We've got some research completed by Halifax looking at children eight to fifteen. What sorts of things are they kind of saving up, or what are they what do they want to put their money towards? And twenty eight percent of children set the goal of buying new clothes, and twenty three percent said toys. And I was quite surprised by that. I wouldn't have thought clothes would have outranked toys but actually maybe that does reflect the sort of interest that, that children have these days about fashion and and kind of stuff that they can buy certainly much broader range of options online perhaps than we would have even had definitely for my daughter clothes is she's at that age now where clothing is more important to her and even though she's 12 I feel like the influences they get now make her an older 12 so she definitely mm. wants the the nice out of it But for my son, I was quite surprised because I didn't think clothes would be an issue. He's not normally that bothered about what he wears. But again, coming back to online, um, he follows a lot of YouTubers. And of course, they've got their merch. (laughs) The merch. Yes. (laughs) So that's how he understands online. He'll come running into me. Mummy, mummy, Lanky Box has got a new jumper that's available. Can we find it on your phone? And then I find that it's only available in America. And then, so again, these are things for yes. the birthday list. It's not something he'd necessarily have there and then. But yeah, again, it's yeah. another way that online he's being influenced into what he'd like to buy. Yeah, I mean, that's so spot on the merch. This is such a modern phenomenon, isn't it? I'm sure parents can really kind of relate to this. And one of the things that strikes me is that I do think, I mean, we're saying that kind of, you know, it's tempting to say that kids can't budget, right? And that they don't understand these these sort of concepts. But actually, young people can be really savvy consumers. And definitely what I've seen is the rise in kind of um, secondhand or resale websites. So young people reselling clothes or um, even things that they call vintage, just so you're clear, Becky that's just stuff that we had when we were kids it's it's cool now it's called vintage I've been informed um I mean as a complete aside my daughters were beyond excited about a pair of denim shorts that they got on a on a vintage uh, website and curious as I was I sort of said let let me have a look at the label it was from CNA I was like girls that wasn't cool when I was a kid CNA just saying Anyway, so this kind of idea that they're actually quite savvy shoppers and they haggle over the price of things and they don't want to pay postage. So maybe they've got a bit more budgeting skill than we gave them credit for. Funny you said that because I had forgotten. Stanley, in the summer, 
wanted he did want some money for something and I'd said no it was one of the battle passes for Fortnite, and they're a little bit more expensive than some of the other things and I see it as a little bit of a waste of money I don't really understand it but it sounds like it's just a way of skipping levels I might be wrong anyway so he <laughs> gathered together a load of his old toys some books and some figures that go with his computer games and he set up a little stall outside the front of the house and then he asked to lobby all my friends to come by (laughs) and buy something so yeah he did have that thought in mind um so he does understand that he can make money that way if mummy isn't going to allow it brilliant a kind of entrepreneur in the making I like that and, and I think you know all of these opportunities that children have to to you know to purchase things that they want teaches them really important lessons about where money comes from how they get it what they spend it on I suppose what's a bit trickier is teaching them the sort of concept of how they make their money go further you know what if they buy one thing that's expensive he buys the battle pass then actually he's not going to have money for other things and I think that's a much more difficult concept to get across particularly to younger children it definitely is Stanley does think around those lines sometimes it is difficult but I try and encourage him by thinking about let's say it's a one-off event so let's say for example we went to a car boot sale which we haven't been able to do this year I know that I'm going to get asked for money so I might think I know how much money I would give him this week for his Roblox or whatever so I'll give him five pound for this car boot sale but I'll say to him whatever this is your money for the week now and you buy what you want from here but whatever's left you need to make last and that does make him think about it a little differently and he has held back before on the amount that he wants to save for things at home sometimes the temptation gets him and he'll spend it all on ice creams at the ice cream van but I think I learned that mistake from previously giving the money at a car boot sale or a market or something not saying that first and then it's interesting actually no sorry I'll start again it wasn't that I gave them money at the car boot sale I didn't give them any money so they kept asking me for stuff and it's interesting what they'll compromise on if it's money in their own pocket compared to asking me for money see that that's fascinating I I really agree and it is this concept of kind of now and later you know we we talk in psychology terms about the famous kind of marshmallow test you know you can have a marshmallow now or if you wait two minutes or 10 minutes you can have two marshmallows there's definitely an age at which children can grasp that task and it's that delayed gratification there is more coming and you can do the same experiment with children you can have a pound now or 10 pounds in a week and there is a point at which they really can't it becomes too big a concept for them to understand but as soon as they can it's a really important thing to introduce them to so I'm going to give it to you now and the next amount is coming then you know how much do you want to spend now how much do you want to save for later and I love the idea that they're a lot more strategic when it's their money that they're budgeting with rather than yours absolutely I love that. And and I think this this idea about budgeting, you know, we're talking about children budgeting for things that they want. And that's definitely the most motivating thing. You know, if you want to get children's attention, you've got to pitch to what really speaks to them. It's all about your leverage. But actually, budgeting is just a part of something that we do all the time. You know, we have to think about the food shopping and, you know, whether we want to buy this or clothes or household things. And I wonder how much children today are aware of how much budgeting or juggling that parents are doing or how comfortable parents feel about children knowing about that kind of stuff. So I do have those conversations with the children. 
uh, at times and <laughs> it's funny we say I said earlier that Stanley doesn't always understand budgeting or the concept of money but before now when I've said no to something we might be in the supermarket a few hours later and I'll be doing my weekly shop and he'll say to me but mummy you said you didn't have any money you're buying food and I tried to say to yes. him mummy does have to leave money back for us to eat and he still says yes. but I don't get it <laughs> you said you like you've lied to me you said you didn't have any money so that definitely shows he doesn't quite understand that side of things it's such a good point isn't it because because for them it's really hard to grasp kind of what what we sort of take for granted that we need to spend some money on this and some money on other things. And I suppose that makes me think about competing demands. You know, when you're a child, there probably aren't many things competing for your money, things that things that you want to buy versus things that you have to buy. And I suppose that's the leap to the kind of adult comprehension of budgeting is that there may be lots of things that we would really want to spend our money on, but we understand that actually there are essentials that have to be met first. And that's a much harder concept. Definitely. Um, I do try and I probably have more conversations about this with my daughter. I try and explain to her mm. that a bills to live in a house, there's costs for electric gas, your broadband, all of those kinds of things. She does get it. But I'm also conscious that I don't want to worry them either. That mm. these are things that you know, I'm trying to make sure they're aware that we can't spend money willy nilly. But I don't want them to feel that there's there's a money worry. And that's such that's such a common theme that parents talk to me about. One of the things that we're really worried about, I think, as parents is introducing children to the kind of stress or what we see as burden associated with money, because that's definitely not not what we want. Learning about money shouldn't be psychologically stressful. It should be empowering. It should be liberating. It should be giving you the skill set so that you can really boss this task. For me, that's the exciting thing about teaching children about money. And I really love that you brought up mobile phones. It is a hot topic for me, mainly because it feels like my life is full of children attached to mobile phones. Now, I think this is a classic one. You know, you can get into some really cracking conversations about mobile phone contract versus pay as you go. And, and is this or whether, in fact, even your children get involved in the mechanics of how it is that their phone is funded? Because if we're talking about leverage, there is nothing higher on the scale than mobile phones and children. So how do you tackle this task with your children and their phones? I do have a contract for their phones under my own. And I think I did that because originally the leverage wasn't always there for my son with his phone. He's not really that bothered about it. And the only, I didn't really want him to have one. The reason that he has one is because we like playing Pokemon Go together. And um, oh. that's a game where you go out and about walking, collecting Pokemon in the streets. And you can only play yep. that device that has that capability and I wanted it to be something we could mm. do together so I found it, I had an old phone and I put a very cheap contract onto it so that it's just got the data um, although interestingly I was glad I did because in lockdown it meant he was able to talk to his friends without taking my phone all the time for my yes. daughter she also had a contract um, it was pay as you go but I found it was then cheaper for me to switch to contract once she got a bit more texty texty with her friends <laughs> And um, she, uh, but I don't really t talk to them about phone bills as such. Sometimes she's questioned me about why she hasn't got more data. And I just have to explain, mm. well, that's the package we've got, I'm afraid. And she's quite happy to accept that, really. But there is a bit of leverage with her, with her phone, definitely. She's that age now where I can, I can talk to her about 
not using not having her phone if she's not treating it responsibly yeah but it's it's such a good concept isn't it because it, it's, it helps you get into a really really good conversation with your children about you know regular payments versus paying as you go or paying up front that's a really important distinction but also this kind of contrast between if you have a contract are you is some of that money paying off the purchase of the phone and some of that goes towards the sort of bundle that you've got attached more expensive the phone that you buy the greater that kind of cost and I definitely remember having these conversations with my children you know because they always start the conversation with it's only I don't know if you're familiar with this concept but what what it's only means is I'm about to hit I'm about to hit you with a large figure and you're not supposed to be shocked and and they'll say to me you know but but I, this bundle has got this many minutes or this much data whereas this one's only got this and I'm saying well but then the difference in the cost is going on the, on the phone that you're also purchasing so suddenly you can sort of introduce to them the idea of if this is how much you've got to spend on your monthly allowance for your phone how much of that do you want to be spent on the sort of data and the calls how much on the phone which bit is most important to you and suddenly they can start making those decisions and this is an introduction to the idea of budgeting you know you've got x amount of money how far is it going to go what do you want to spend it on that's a really good point I haven't had that sort of conversation with Annabelle but that would be helpful because she has previously nagged a bit about some of the new in phones and I've always had to Mm. say you've got the one you've got it works it's acceptable it's fine and I hadn't really thought of a good way around how to help her understand why she can't have the more important phone and that's a really good way that I could do that with her if you can capture their interest and make it apply to something that is really meaningful to them, then then they really do kind of grasp it. And and even if we aren't talking about kind of disposable, additional disposable income, even if there isn't, even if parents aren't using a vehicle like pocket money, there's actually always still things that a household is going to need, like toiletries or food for dinners or lunch boxes or snacks and things like that. So actually, it's really possible to get children involved in making decisions about things that the household would be buying anyway. So, for example, um, giving a, an allowance of toiletries to your child that you would have bought anyway. This is how much. But now you're responsible for picking and choosing the toiletries that you want or the snacks that are going to go in the lunchbox or the treats that we're going to have. Do, do you think that's something that you could kind of introduce to your children? Do you think they'd be kind of interested? Would they kind of grow this idea I think they would Annabelle definitely would I've done that in a little way when when it comes to the snacks we have in the house in that I buy a certain amount of snacks that are meant to last for their packed lunches and for the rest of the week and she's really good with that my son doesn't get it at all and she gets so angry with him because he'll he used to sneak down and steal extra packets of crisps and actually she 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 knew that we had a locking cupboard and it was her who put all of the snacks in the locking cupboard because she was so fed up of him using them up before the end of the week so that worked for food and I hadn't considered doing toiletries as well so that might be a good plan see that that is perfect because this is a concept budgeting you know when it's gone it's gone how much have you got you've got to make it last doesn't just apply to money it can absolutely apply to crisps or in our house digestive biscuits the chocolate ones I'm not saying I hide them but don't tell the children there's a spare packet somewhere (laughs) because that 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 idea that you know someone else is going to get them and then they're going to be gone so that's a brilliant idea you know there's five five days of lunch boxes I don't want to go shopping every single day I buy a lot at the beginning of the week we've got to make them last if we don't Friday's lunchbox is going to be rubbish. That is exactly the concept of budgeting. So I really, really like that. And, that, and that's brilliant. And I love the fact that your daughter's taken, taken the situation in hand, taken control of it. She's managing Stanley and his crisp obsession. <laughs> yes. And I suppose 
hadn't thought of it that way at all um and applying that methodology to budgeting our items to be in the same thing as money so that's really that's really an eye-opener for me I was gonna yes. say the thing that helped them I suppose was in lockdown because I was um, isolating with them and we weren't going to shops I was relying on a lot of friends bringing them in for me and we did a lot of baking to <laughs> for sweet treats instead of buying the sweets and she was counting out how many biscuits we'd have each day that sort of thing so rationing if you like so yeah it's the same sort of concept yes, isn't it absolutely I love that I mean grandparents I think might you know rationing I mean we need to bring in the older generation here because they are fantastic at this you know making things stretch and kind of go further and I think there's a lot to be learned for for children of, of our you know our generation and younger to kind of apply these skills and this idea that you know kind of making things last my sister so I've got two sisters and one of my sisters was the sweet hoarder of the family and she had this little I think it was actually a kind of like a money cash box but it had a little key on it that she put all of her sweets in and I knew where she kept the key and I used to kind of go in there and pilfer all of her sweets much to her disgust don't tell her but I used to think if you see these sweets long enough they go all hard and sticky like there's no fun in them they need to be eaten but no she was definitely one of life savers and actually as it would happen she is significantly better with saving her money than I am now so perhaps the clue was was all the way back then yes possibly <laughs> that's so funny it reminds me actually of when I was young I had a money box that um, I used to save up my, because I used to do dog walking for my nan. Then when I was 11, I did a paper round and I used to save my money up in a Winnie the Pooh money box, but I used to super glue the lid down. But then probably once the, I'd, I'd lift it off to get a little bit out. <laughs> so that was isn't, my concept. Isn't, was that was that to prevent your own temptation? Were you super oh, that was down me. to stop pilfering siblings like me? Oh, okay. So, so you were no, kind of no, my... managing your own temptation. Yeah, I'm the oldest sibling. My sisters wouldn't have dared to touch my money box. I was probably the one pilfering theirs. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, you're right. The, the when you're young, when we were younger, if you wanted something, you had to save yourself, and probably when you think about compromising on what you spend your money on, I can remember if I was going to sneak the lid off that Pooh Bear money box, it would have been to buy um, some penny sweets or a, I used to like, the local shop used to sell a little tub of Neapolitan ice cream. And I'd oh. eat the one side of it, the vanilla side, and then my cousin would eat the chocolate bit so we'd share it together and then we'd, we'd share the strawberry but she didn't like the strawberry or the vanilla uh, she didn't like the vanilla so that was our treat okay most important question Becky what was your favorite penny sweet at, at the store I mean I've gone on record saying I'm a pink shrimp person all pink day shrimp. long what, 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 pink shrimps oh pink there we go absolutely my favorite and, I, and, and actually I'm quite glad my kids don't like them <laughs> so if I'm gonna buy sweets for me that's what I'll buy and then they won't pilfer them yes and also if I was feeling particularly flushed a lemon bonbon that made your fingers all powdery and you could really suck them yeah I used to like um rosy apples from the so they were more expensive because they were the quarter you had to buy a quarter oh. didn't you from the jar yeah and um I think yes. they were about to for a small bag and I remember getting in trouble because I snuck a bag into school once and we were eating them at playtime 
not not the sort of thing you'd get away with now Becky it's been so fabulous to talk to you and to really kind of open up this topic about how we introduce the idea of budgeting to parents because it's not just about money and as we've been talking about now it's it's about helping children understand that when something's gone is gone and and how you can kind of make things last so if I was if I was thinking about parents today some of the things that they could try at home are some of the things that we've talked about. Actually, can you get your children to think about the snacks that you might need for the week that could go in the lunch boxes or snacks to take to school? Could you give them the task of buying, giving them a small budget to buy their own toiletries or encourage them to identify something that they want to save up for? And Becky, my luxury item, the thing that was on my Christmas list that broke my heart was a Mr. Frosty. I never did get a Mr. Frosty. Did you have a thing that as a child you really pined for, the thing you really wanted? Yes, um, a big yellow teapot. (laughs) (gasps) The big yellow teapot. Oh, do I ever. Fabulous. Becky, thank you so much for talking to me today. And and I think hopefully we've, we've really exploded the myth around the difficulties of budgeting and actually proved that kids really could tackle this if they want to. Thank you. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you, Elizabeth. In the next episode, I'll be chatting to parents about what they want to be when they grow up. We'll be discussing the rise in the number of children wanting to be NHS workers amid the coronavirus pandemic and the influencer versus professionals debate. Join us next time on the Pocket Money podcast brought to you by Halifax. You can find all episodes of this series on iTunes and Spotify.